Welcome to Gas Chat. This week, we're talking about something not many people know about, which is the massive greenhouse emissions being released from the fossil fuel gas and LNG. Those emissions are so big that in one major oil and gas producing area, the Permian Basin in the US, they have likely wiped out all energy emission reductions since 2010 for the whole country. Bruce Robertson is IEFA's LNG and gas analyst, and he joins me now. G'day, Bruce. Hi, Kate. Can you talk me through it? Let's talk about the Permian Basin first. What's going on there? Well, there was a really interesting study recently done that actually measured the emissions coming out of that basin, and they were five times those in the EPA inventories, in the official United States Environmental Protection Authority inventories. Five times those. Is that the first study of that kind, like bringing out those sort of results? No, it most certainly isn't. There have been a number of studies done over the years where they've actually measured methane emissions and almost all of them come out with these amazing results that are so much higher than the estimates. Does that mean that gas is worse for the climate than coal? And if so, why are we sticking with it? Basically, Kate, if only 3% of the gas produced is leaked, what we see is gas is worse than coal. Now, that's a figure from the CSIRO arm that looks at this called Jizira, which is wholly gas industry funded. And even they say that you only need 3% leakage for gas to be worse than coal. And what we're seeing is in a number of cases, that's true. BP, for example, in a recent Bloomberg article, stated that their view of the gas industry generally was that it leaked 3.2%. So BP are saying that their industry is worse than coal. But it's not only BP saying it. Another study out of the massive Permian Basin said that it leaked 3.7%. So from the gas flaring and the gas venting that goes on in the Permian Basin, 3.7% of the gas is lost in the production process. And that means that that basin that accounts for 30% of US oil and gas production is worse than coal for greenhouse gases. And yet governments around the world, some governments, are pushing gas as the energy for now and for the future. That's because the industry has consistently run this line that gas is 50% better than coal for greenhouse gases. And that in itself is a really dangerous half-truth. Because if you just burn the gas, excluding the fugitive emissions we've talked about, in a gas baseload plant, that's actually true. But in Australia, We don't use gas baseload plants very much. Most of our plants are gas peaking plants. And in a gas peaking plant, it's only 31% better than coal. And furthermore, we only burn in Australia about 25% of the gas we produce. Three quarters of our gas is exported. Now that exported gas means it goes through the emissions intensive LNG process, which burns another 17% of the gas. So it just gets closer and closer to coal the more processes you go through. The Paris Climate Agreement requires that countries change their models to reduce emissions in compliance with the targets. 
Why are gas industry projects still slipping through this net? It's a very good question, Kate. The gas industry projects are slipping through the net because they're selling themselves as a low emissions industry and nothing could be further from the truth. Their lies and deceptions are getting revealed this year. And why it's happening is, is that there are now satellites that were recently launched that can measure the emissions from space in a 12 by 12 kilometre grid. And that is what is exposing this climate destructive industry that it is. The idea of gas as some sort of transition fuel is simply not true. What about carbon capture and storage, Bruce? Well, Chevron's project in Western Australia did build a carbon capture and storage associated with the project. And there's very little incentive for them to operate it. It costs some money and there are no penalties for them not operating it. It is operating at present and we will see how that one goes. But the newer projects that are being proposed by Woodside in the Northwest Shelf don't have carbon capture and storage. The newer projects that are being proposed in the Beetaloo Basin in the Northern Territory don't have carbon capture and storage associated with them, nor do the ones in the Surat Basin in Queensland. Right round Australia, none of the other projects being proposed at present have carbon capture and storage associated with them. So in that light, it would appear that we all have to get used to the idea that methane emissions are a thing? Well, methane emissions have been climbing steadily now since 1985. And methane emissions are 25% of global greenhouse gas emissions. They're a large slab of global greenhouse gas emissions. They're not flatlining. They're not going down. They're going up. And this is a major problem for the world to deal with. And those emissions are coming from the oil and gas industry. The oil and gas industry's emissions have been underestimated by 25 to 40%, according to a recent study. I would suggest to you that the broader public don't really know that the gas industry has such high emissions. Perhaps that is because the gas industry has been so successful in promoting itself as a transition fuel. But do you think if people were aware of the gas industry's high emissions, do you think it would affect the gas industry's balance sheets? Well, I think the best parallel is with Volkswagen. People weren't aware of the high emissions of Volkswagen's diesel cars. When they came out, what happened was there were very large, very significant claims against the company for billions of dollars all around the world and they've had to pay out on those claims. So the gas industry has misled and deceived the public about its emissions. And I believe that it too will have its reckoning. Do you think that the oil and gas industry might have a problem going ahead? If we have a look at what's happened in the coal industry, the coal industry is now being progressively shunned by financial institutions. They're refusing to extend any more finance to the coal industry, I think gas is very quickly gonna join that industry. It's gonna find it much more difficult to access capital. It's gonna find it far more difficult to progress its projects. In the medium to long term, 
some price will be put on carbon in some form or other globally. And we will see these industries come under increasing pressure from the finance sector. So it's all happening right now, Kate, not in the future, it's happening now. Will 2020 be a year of gas-fired recovery or something else? Well, I quite frankly think that the government is off with the pixies if it thinks that gas will fire our recovery in Australia from COVID-19. Gas is not economic in Australia at current prices, and it's that simple. You know, there's only a limited amount of money that the companies have that are involved in this, and at these prices, they're losing money. They're in trouble. And globally? The position in the US is even worse. We're seeing companies go bankrupt on a daily basis now in the US. They simply cannot get access to debt capital or indeed the equity market because their returns have been so terrible. So coupled with the increased data on emissions, it's likely to be a bumpy road ahead for the gas industry, it sounds like. It's got a very tough year this year. Can you give us a prediction? I think progressively financial institutions withdraw their support from the gas industry just as they have from the coal. Thanks for joining today, Bruce. Good to have you. Thank you. That was Bruce Robertson, gas LNG analyst with the Institute for Energy Economics and Financial Analysis. And you can join us again next week on Gas Chat. See you then.